Welcome to the clinical podcast series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation and the Interior Segment Disease Care Channel. Today's episode is Sleep Apnea and Dry Eye Disease. I'd like to thank our host, Thomas Quinn, topical editor, Kelsey Steele, and topical expert, Crystal Brimer. Now, on to the show. Welcome to this episode of the American Academy of Optometry Foundation's clinical podcast series. In this episode, we'll be discussing a paper exploring the relationship between sleep apnea and dry eye disease. I'm Dr. Tom Quinn. Our guest expert for this episode is Dr. Crystal Brimer. Dr. Brimer is founder and owner of both Dry Eye Equation and Dry Eye Institute. Now, Dry Eye Equation is a referral center in Wilmington, North Carolina, that is, quote, 100% devoted to delivering advanced dry eye care, end quote. And Dry Eye Institute is a small group, two-day educational retreat designed to equip doctors to take the next step in elevating dry eye care in their practice. Welcome, Dr. Brimer. Thank you, Dr. Quinn. Now, you missed welcoming Daisy. I did <laughs> miss welcoming Daisy in the background oh, no. there. So <laughs> She's very elusive. Hey, Crystal, thanks so much for agreeing to talk to us about this paper that was published by Gunes et al. in the January 2023 issue of the journal Eye and Contact Lens. What did the authors want to explore in this paper? Well, they wanted to explore how sleep apnea uh, affects the ocular surface and specifically the conjunctival cytology. And then they wanted to see if with increased severity of sleep apnea, is there are there increased findings on the, the that cytology? Okay. So uh, how did, aside from doing the cyto- cytology, how else did they assess dry eye among the subjects? Well, they did good old Shermers, and they did T-butt, OSDI, and then the conjunctival impression cytology. Okay. So they looked at objective and subjective measures. Exactly. Great. Which I believe you're a big proponent of. I am. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, now uh, let me ask you, let's stop here for a second. Let me ask you, a number of studies have already explored the relationship between sleep apnea and dry eye, right? So why was this one different? How was this one different? And Well, this was the only one, not the only one, but one of the only ones that looked at the cytology changes. Um, there were two others but they they didn't have a control and then one of them didn't differentiate between the severity so they they really wanted to see what are the cellular changes happening and how does it change with severity of disease okay see if there's any correlation there what did, what did they find what they found is that tbut and Shermer both um were worse in the sleep apnea patients and it continued to worsen as the severity of disease went up. Okay. So more tear film instability, basically. So less tear production and more evaporation. And then they found that the cytology report was very similar, that it was worse. There was more, um, more FOPSIA, less goblet cells in the, the patients who had sleep apnea. And as their severity increased, so did those cellular changes. Okay. So Crystal, you and I both do a fair amount of traveling. And when I sit in an airport, I see so many, usually guys, just... carrying around CPAP machines. 
So sleep. Oh yeah, I thought you were going to say they were sleeping while sitting up. But yes, that too. I see both of those things, but I see these CPAP machines everywhere. So I know a lot of our patients have sleep apnea. Thankfully, some of them are treating it with a CPAP machine. So is it simply this correlation between dry eye and sleep apnea? Is it related to just air leaking out of the CPAP machine and hitting the eye? Or is there something more to it? No, there's definitely more to it. So this chronic intermittent hypoxia that these patients are experiencing, it triggers chronic systemic inflammation. So that's the thing about this study. It didn't really have anything to do with the CPAP. They weren't wearing a CPAP. They were newly diagnosed. Um, but you bring up a great point. So in our responsibility, um, I think, is to help identify that whenever the, the signs are are obvious. And then also to, to look at our patients who are already wearing the CPAP and offer them protection. And, and not to jump the gun here, but I was so excited to see this study and for us to talk about it because this is something I do in every single dry eye about. I flip that top lid to do my modbography and I have already asked them on my questionnaire, um, how well do they sleep? And so when I flip that lid, if it's really stretchy and I've already checked and, and I don't think they have a good nighttime seal or waking up dry, I'm immediately going to say, hey, do you snore? It confuses the heck out of them while I'm flipping their lids, but <laughs> ask them if they snore. And some of the reason for this is not just better quality of life, which, yes, it would give that if, if this condition were treated, but life expectancy. Yeah. And to think that we can have an influence on that in one more way, that's that's pretty, it's a gift. Dr. Crystal Brimer, thank you so much for your insights on this very important topic. And I appreciate your participating and thank you all for listening. Thank you, Tom.